You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So, Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Little fellow, you must have given up the hope of living. Uh Uh-uh. On the contrary, I do not let the word death bother me. Same here, baby. Then what are you waiting for? Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil and welcome to the show. Joining me in the studio are our normal co-hosts, Jeff, Ken, and Matt. How's it going, guys? Hello. Nothing normal about us. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today for uh, a Game of Death episode. And joining us at the foot of the pagoda is uh, someone who uh, is a... Uh, Patreon supporter, and also has delivered an awesome rules breakdown before that you've heard, and that is Sam Carr. Welcome, Sam. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Good. We're, we're awesome. uh, really happy to have you here. Uh, you're always uh, interacting with us on our Patreon page, so if you guys uh, want to join Sam and also record a breakdown that you've heard previously, uh, make sure to go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. I, uh, I told Neil I was getting my, my tracksuit from back from the dry cleaners today just in preparation <laughs> for this, so... <laughs> You got to color guard those yellow ones there. It's a little rough there. Exactly. Yeah, he exactly. is. Uh, he is wearing a, a yellow tracksuit and some uh, Onitsuka sneakers. <laughs> He's got his nunchaku. <laughs> He's got the nunchaku. He's got. He actually has a little bit of a cut on his face that he's like licking the blood from. I don't know where he got that from, but he must have gotten to a fight. Pre-game. I, yeah, I really hope most people know what Game of Death actually is, or a lot of this makes no sense to <laughs> some people. Yeah, if you don't know what it is, obviously, it's Bruce Lee. Just just Google Bruce Lee Game of Death, and you'll yeah. see everything there. Just and, daily, just do that. And, Put uh, a smile yeah. on your face. So, Sam, tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, we'd love to hear more about you before we uh, hopefully destroy you, but we'll see. <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, my name's Sam. I'm from Watauga, Texas, which is out near Fort Worth. Uh, I work in logistics. I'm actually the vice president of international operations at a freight forwarding company. So uh, I'm hoping that'll help me against Jeff there a little bit with the geography because everything else. Sounds like a riveting job title. <laughs> Basically, I'm a glorified desk warmer. I just make sure that my uh, my computer chair doesn't go anywhere. So, <laughs> But uh, no, I've been, uh, I found you guys, the podcast after... Uh, Trivial Warfare plugged you, so definitely grateful for that. Um, I've just been listening ever since. I think I've been back through all the back catalog now, so I'm just anxiously awaiting every week for the new episodes. <laughs> Any joke or moment stand out that you can think of that uh, will embarrass us? Uh, yeah, I think it was the Halloween episode where you mentioned that 
you were all talking about how you would be killed in a horror movie, and somebody said that Jeff would be giving a long explanation, and someone to <laughs> from behind us. <laughs> Every time now that he's giving an explanation on something for an answer, I just imagine I picture that. So. <laughs> well, actually, if you want to get away from the killer, we just have to, and then you hear the chainsaw in the background. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. we love that you're going through the back catalog, and uh, we hope everyone else uh, gets a chance to listen to all the episodes and uh, crack jokes with us. But um, before we start the game, just the rules, if you don't know. Uh, it's basically a, a similar game to what we normally play, except Sam is going to be going up against each member of Triviality in a, a specialized category. So he'll be going up, get up against Matt in sports and games, uh, Ken in movies, music, TV, Jeff in uh, geography, science, a little bit of history, and then Sam actually emailed me a couple categories of uh, specialty for himself, and then he is going to call out one of the members of Triviality for a final duel, the big boss duel. Um, and uh, the only reason, the only way it's going to change from a previous game is uh, the swing round in the middle. Team Triviality is going to get half the points that Sam will get for a correct answer. And the final round, uh, Sam is going to get to choose from 10 different categories uh, to hopefully uh, put the weight in his favor. So um, I guess if everyone's ready, let's just get going. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So uh, the first round, first level of the Pagoda is going to be Matt in sports and games. Question one. I'm sure Goose Gossage or Zach Thomas could tell you this, but in Jenga, how many blocks are used to construct a tower? Yeah, no, those mean nothing to me. So, What I'm, do those mean to you, Matt? Well, I don't want to give it away, but I'm between a couple of different numbers based on those clues. Um, I was just trying to figure out how, how long it takes me to restack the thing when it falls over. So. <laughs> I, I'm locked in. I know there's three across on each row. I was thinking they may be 20 high, so I said 60. Okay, 60. Matt? Um, so Zach Thomas was a, a linebacker for the Dolphins and the Cowboys, um, and I think he was the same number as Erlacher because that's what I remember, which would be number 54, which is a multiple of three, and I figure they're in, they're in rows of three, so I went with 54. Okay, well, uh, I didn't want to give you the hint of future Hall of Famer Brian Erlacher. But it is 54. All right. <laughs> I get uh, 10% leeway on that one, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would have nailed it then. Maybe maybe any other day, but in the pagoda, there's no mercy. <laughs> right, yeah. Just take the punches and roll on. Exactly. So that's 10 points to Team Triviality. Uh, so yeah, Zach Thomas was number 54. Uh, Goose Gossage was actually on many different teams mm. as a pitcher, but he always kept the same number. Mm. Moving on to number two. Named in honor of the multi-sport athlete who was the first Native American to win a gold medal for his home country, what position in college football receives the Jim Thorpe Award? I'm going to go with safety and lock in with safety. Okay. Uh, let's go to Sam. Uh, I said kicker. Okay. So Matt went with uh, safety. Sam went with kicker. Uh, so Matt is going to get 10 points. It is for a defensive back. Mm-hmm. Ah. Number three, Steph Curry recently joined Larry Bird, Mark Price, Reggie Miller, Steve Nash, Dirk Nowitzki, and Kevin Durant as part of the Elite 50-40-90 Club. How do you become a member? Well, okay, I'm, I'm locked in. Uh, I assume it has something to do with playing basketball, right? So, <laughs> And that was a, quite a, a gallery of names there, too, that you listed off before that. I'm going to tap, dude. I really don't. I have no idea. So, <laughs> All right. Sam is going to submit on that arm bar uh, from, from Matt. Uh, Matt, what do you think it is? It's uh, it, 
So it's 50% from the field overall, 40% from three-point range, and 90% from free throw. So Matt will get 10 points on that. It is 50% on field goals, 40% on three-pointers, and 90% on free throws in one season. And an extra fact that uh, you guys might like to, to keep in your pocket, only two of the seven have multiple seasons doing this. Mm-hmm. Steve Nash with four yeah. and Larry Bird with two. And Steve Nash's lifetime is 49-43-90 and is the closest anyone has ever wow. come to achieving a career 50-40-90. Yeah. And I think if he well, didn't have those Laker years at the end, it probably he probably would have hit it because he yeah. was not very good. Just crazy stats. Uh, we're going to go to baseball. Three major league baseball hitters are tied with five homers each for the record for most home runs in a single World Series. Name one of them. Oh, five total in a World Series? Yeah, and a World Series meaning that it would span at least four games. So five home runs in a World Series. There's three people who've done it, and they're tied at five. Uh, I'm locked in with one. Okay. Not my forte. So uh, I feel like this is floating around like right right at the front of my brain here. I'm just not, uh, not landing on it yet. How about Babe Ruth? I'll just say Babe Ruth. Okay, Babe Ruth. Uh, Matt? I went with another Yankee. Uh, I think the reason that they call him Mr. October was because of this, and I went with Reggie Jackson. Okay. Uh, Matt is going to get 10 points for Reggie Jackson. Uh, Babe Ruth, unfortunately, is not on the list. Uh, Are you familiar with the Houston Astros at all, Sam? Uh, A little bit. I'm more of a Rangers fan, but Uh we used to call them the Lastros up here. Oh, okay. Well, that would make sense then. So last year, George Springer tied the record with five, and then the other one is Chase Utley. Oh, wow. Okay. What well, is with the Phillies? Nice. Uh, yeah. So Chase Utley, Reggie Jackson, George Springer. Guest star of awesome. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Chase Utley. Yeah. Not Jerry Springer for those people <laughs> who are half listening. Uh, all right. Well, yeah. final uh, question of the first round. It's going to be a little bit of okay. wrestling. Yes. Uh, all right. Here we go. The Royal, <laughs> uh, the Royal Rumble is going to air next week, and I thought I'd ask a question about it. While Kane may have the record for most Royal Rumble appearances and most Royal Rumble eliminations, this wrestler has the record for most Rumble victories with three, although there are still a few active wrestlers who need one more to tie. Ooh. So who, who has won the most Royal Rumbles? Uh, let me preface this by saying I have no idea. So uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll give you guys a little hint here. Um, the person who has the most Royal Rumble wins won two in the late 90s and one in the early 2000s. All right, I'm gonna lock in. I feel like there was the uh, the WWE uh, PlayStation game, right? PS One was around that time. Yeah, Warzone. That was a that's a classic. <laughs> right. And like I remember, and I, I may be way off on the time frame. I, I don't know if I'm too early or too late, but it seems like that was around the time that uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin was doing some stuff, and maybe The Rock was around in that time. I was originally thinking people that I know were for sure earlier, and then your hint was putting me around those two names. So uh, since I've named two, and that's about as far as I'm going to get, <laughs> I'm going to lock in with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay, Sam is in with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Matt, what do you have? Yeah, so I was thinking Triple H and Shawn Michaels at first were a couple of my first thoughts. Triple H actually just won one recently, and I thought maybe that was his third Um and then I was thinking, I know Vince McMahon actually randomly won one or two in that same time period, but uh, I locked in with Stone Cold Steve Austin as well. Okay, so um, people tied with two wins are Hulk Hogan, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Batista, John Cena, and Randy Orton. And the man who has won three Royal Rumbles is Stone Cold Steve yeah. Austin. Yeah. 
Hey, all right. You got one. <laughs> you got the <laughs> <laughs> on a wrestling question of all. Things. I think oh. I, think I uh, did my finisher on that round. <laughs> yeah, whatever your yeah whatever your finishing move is, uh, <laughs> I guess you you stunned him. Um, it looks like at the end of round one, Team Triviality has fifty points, and Sam has ten points. Strong I'll start from our most uh, specialized member of our team here, <laughs> Matt. And now I will take a nap for a few minutes. <laughs> Not that you have wounds to tend to or anything. So. <laughs> Sam still has an opportunity to uh, make up some ground because he's got several more rounds and also his special round. But uh, we're going to go right into round two, which is going to be with Ken. Uh, so Sam, uh, kind of bloodied and tired, is going to uh, walk up the stairs into uh, sort of the Zen space and dojo of Ken here of movies, music, mm-hmm. and TV. All right. So the first question. Which actor is the deadliest James Bond with an average of 27 on-screen kills per movie? So this is by average per movie, not total, correct? Uh, no. So, well, yeah, the average that I gave, uh, that I'm, 27 is the average per movie, but it's collected over um, all of their movies. So whether they did six movies, four movies, two movies, it's uh, however many. So most kills overall. Yeah. And then the, the 27 is the average out of those four. Okay. All right, so my thought is uh, deadliest, and I feel like there was <clears throat> there was a question recently on a different podcast, maybe uh, maybe it was AJ Mass or somebody that uh, was about the most kills in a single Bond movie, and I was thinking that was a pretty high number too. Um, uh, I'm gonna say Sean Connery on this one. Okay, Sean Connery. Uh, let's go to Ken. Yeah, I believe um, Roger Moore did the most films, um, so he was definitely in my mind, but. Uh... When I think of the Pierce Brosnan era, I just think of that machine gun spray just everywhere. So I went with uh, Pierce Brosnan. Uh, Ken, Ken's logic was correct. It is Pierce Brosnan. Wow. Yeah. So, so he had yeah. an average of 27 kills per movie. Um, I think what Sam was looking for is uh, Octopussy, I believe, has the most actual kills in a movie. Um, okay. But Roger Moore's average kind of uh, changes there because the man with the golden gun, he only kills one person who is Christopher Lee at the end. Okay. Um, Spoilers. Spoiler alert, thanks, sorry. Thanks, Neil. He's the man with the golden gun. <laughs> now we know Neil. Bond survives. Uh, and Craig is third, I believe. I think Roger Moore's second, and then uh, Craig. Because he's coming back for a fifth, isn't he, though? Yeah. 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 Question two. Bruno Mars recently released a music video for his song Finesse, the remix, featuring rapper Cardi B. The video is getting widespread appreciation because it's an homage and dedication to what 90s sketch comedy show that launched many careers and showed us some fly girls who were out of sight. I like I like how your face went from like pain and anguish over like I don't know where this question is going <laughs> to said, like he said Bruno Mars and Ken, Ken Bruno exploded. Mars and Cardi B. I Ken's just, like, I'm, just nope, like I'm nope, out. No, nope, no, nope. immediately lost. <laughs> uh, it's like really you're giving me this question. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna lock in with uh, in Living Color, which I feel like is not the name of the sketch comedy show that I'm trying to think of. But. Get out of here. <laughs> okay, and Ken. Yeah, I totally went In Living Color. It's In Living Color. Um, so. So a person tweeted at uh, Bruno Mars and Cardi B and said, uh, man, you brought back so many memories. And that person was Jim Carrey. So it is in living color. Oh, all right. Did you, uh, did you figure out which Lori from our previous game you meant to reference from all that, by the way? Uh, Lori Beth Denberg. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And so the clue there that you were looking for is Fly Girls uh, and Out of Sight were, uh, it was Jennifer Lopez because she was on in living oh, okay. color. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, question three is the only one that's outside of the zone here a little bit, but I, I thought it was uh, popular culture on, enough that uh, you guys would be able to get it. And I don't know your affinity for musicals, Sam, but uh, we'll see what happens here. 
The opening number of this Broadway musical starts with the same greeting to the audience sung three times in a row in German, French, and English. What show is that? So the first number of the musical is a greeting sung in three different languages. German, French, English? Mm-hmm. Got it. Locked in. Okay. Ooh. Quick one from Sam there. It's. I didn't know it's... I don't think it's correct, but uh, I'm trying <laughs> to think of musicals that start with greetings, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Hello, the musical. I'm, I'm thinking of, uh, like, that song from Sound of Music, but that only clocks in the... Uh, the German and uh, English, and it's also a goodbye song. So, um, so I'm I'm lost there. German, French. No pressure, but we've been perfect so far. All right, I'm locked in with a bad answer. Okay, let's go with Ken's bad answer first. Just uh, thinking of that opening song, "A Beauty and the Beast." So I went with "Beauty and the Beast." Okay, be our guest and Sam. That's not the song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was thinking, uh, I know the Book of Mormon starts with the song, Hello, Hello, My Name Is... O-. Oh, you guys don't sing on this one. That's right. Sorry for breaking. <laughs> we, don't, we don't sing. Guests can do whatever they want. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. <laughs> uh, and I'm, for some reason in my mind, I, I'm picturing someone going, Hello, and then Ni hao, and then maybe one, one other one, Ola. So I, I locked in with the Book of Mormon. Uh, so that's that's really good, uh, really good guess there. Um, if I would have said that the opening line of this song and this musical is welcome and bienvenue welcome it's cabaret cabaret yeah, it's cabaret so. yeah gotcha yep all right so no points no. for anyone on that question i must have missed cabaret when yeah. it was in chicago uh let us know if you got that one at home all right um number four it's kind of a tough one but hopefully you guys will maybe logic your way into it if you don't know it already Made with assistance from George Lucas, Francis Ford Coppola, and Steven Spielberg, 1990's Dreams is a collection of short films from director Akira Kurosawa and contains a segment called Crows, following an aspiring artist who enters the world of a painting and and encounters Vincent Van Gogh, who is surprisingly played by what other legendary American director? Wow, there is a lot in there. I was hoping the the answer was Akira Kurosawa. Yeah, you went to. I wrote it. I wrote it this long because I wanted to see Ken go. Oh, I know it's Akira Kurosawa, and then it, I, I lift. I lifted my pen to the page, and then I set it back down. Right. <laughs> you keep going past the part that I know. Right? All right. So the question is, what director played Vincent Van Gogh? Yep. The... Yeah, he was asked by Kurosawa to play Vincent Van Gogh. I'm gonna lock in based on uh, just one attribute here <laughs> that was towards the end of Kurosawa's life yeah that's when he was older yeah um so just I'm, I've been trying to think of other uh famous uh redhead directors and I'm just gonna go Ron Howard okay Ken's going with Ron Howard Sam what do you got yeah the one attribute that I thought would be in common with Van Gogh was the redhead so I also locked in with Ron Howard okay so uh it is not Ron Howard um, because sometimes in Hollywood makeup is used. What? And uh, you're so the, do, do you're, wait, they they wear wigs sometimes in films. Tom Cruise some, isn't six foot four. No, and Nick. Well, Nick Cage is that's all his natural hair every time. Uh, <laughs> Jim Carrey is green. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so your your clue there was uh, George Lucas, Francis Ford Coppola, and Steven Spielberg assisted in this movie. And do you guys remember who they, they gave the Oscar to? One of their good friends. Nope. Sure don't. No, was it Scorsese? Kind of, yeah, Martin Scorsese. Ah. So definitely Google that. It's pretty he, weird. 
he doesn't seem like an actor to me. And he's not an actor, but he said I had to do it because Kurosawa asked me. So, <laughs> sure. Has he acted in anything other than that? He makes cameos sometimes in his own films, like in uh, Taxi Driver. He's uh, sort of an anxious passenger in the back of the cab when uh, De Niro is kind of sitting stone-faced. Um, so you can see him in there, but he doesn't act that often now. I mean, he's been in a few things, but... Oh, yeah, I do remember his uh, his memorable role as the statue in Animaniacs. That was pretty good. <laughs> yes, that, and then he, he was also a, uh, a photographer in Hugo. Um, all right, so yeah, definitely Google uh, Scorsese as uh, Van Gogh. It's pretty funny. Will do. All right, uh, last question of this round before the swing round. In what movie did Benedict Cumberbatch wear dentures that were an exact replica of Alan Turing's 60-year-old set of false teeth so he could copy his mannerisms? Locked in. Same here. All right, that was a quick one. So I was hoping one of these would come come quick. Let's go with Sam. Uh, I think the movie is called Imitation Game. Okay, and Ken? I'm going to imitate his answer and say imitation game. <laughs> and I'm going to imitate your answer and say the correct answer is the imitation game. Mm. Awesome. That was a fun game. <laughs> well, not for Alan Turing. <laughs> uh, we won't go into what happened to him. Uh, after uh, the first two rounds, it looks like Team Triviality is in the lead with 80 points. And Sam is uh, behind with 20 but going into the swing round, uh, all of the correct answers that Sam has are going to be worth 10 points, and the answers that Triviality gives are going to be worth 5. So there is some ground for Sam to make up here. Um, so today's swing round is going to be in honor, honor of the uh, Academy Awards uh, coming out pretty soon, or they, they might have even aired by the time this comes out, but either way. For us in the studio, they have not aired yet. Uh, I'm just going to ask some basic oscar questions some of them are super simple and then uh the last few are a little more detailed to give you some clues but the other ones are going to be mostly based on your logic and uh and reasoning here uh, talking to each other so um i'm going to give you these questions and uh i'll uh mute sam and team triviality is going to have a chance to talk out loud while sam thinks about it uh and we'll see uh how it goes there's gonna be 10 questions all right, so question one uh one and two are going to be a pair number one is i just want to know the oldest oscar winner And number two, I want to know the youngest Oscar winner. Number three, I want to know who has the most Oscar nominations for a living person. Number four, I want the most nominations for a living actress. Number five, I want the most nominations for a living actor. Number six, Billy Crystal is in second place for number of times hosting the Oscars with eight. Who has hosted the most at 18? Number seven. This actress's memorable acceptance speech upon winning her second Oscar for Best Actress is often misquoted. I'm going to read you the actual quote, and I want you to tell me what the actress is. I can't deny the fact that you like me right now. You like me. Number eight. The Kevin Klein film, In and Out was inspired by a real-life acceptance speech at the Academy Awards where what two-time Best Actor Oscar winner accidentally outed his high school drama teacher during his tearful speech? Number nine. The 1998 Best Picture winner, Titanic, was referenced in a cheeky way in what song from 2000 that was a smash hit for its artist on her second album? And I'm going to give you the dialogue exchange here. Oh, it's beautiful, but wait a minute. Isn't this... Yeah, yeah, it is. But I thought the old lady dropped it in the ocean in the end. Well, baby, I went down and got it for you. Aw, you shouldn't have. And now, number 10. Composer John Williams has won five Oscars. 
I just want you to name three of the five films that he's won an Oscar for. I'm going to go through all of these quickly one more time before we mute the guys. Here we go. Number one, oldest Oscar winner. Number two, youngest Oscar winner. Number three, most Oscar nominations for a living person. Number four, most nominations for a living actress. Number five, most nominations for a living actor. Number six, Billy Crystal is in second place for number of times hosting the Oscars with eight. Who has hosted the most at 18? Number seven, this actress's memorable acceptance speech upon winning her second Oscar for Best Actress is often misquoted. I'm going to read you the actual quote, and I want you to tell me the actress. I can't deny the fact that you like me right now. You like me. Number eight, the Kevin Klein film in and out was inspired by a real-life acceptance speech at the Academy Awards where what two-time Best Actor Oscar winner accidentally outed his high school drama teacher during his tearful speech. Number nine, the 1998 Best Picture winner Titanic was referenced in a cheeky way in what song from 2000 that was a smash hit for its artist on her second album? And the dialogue goes as this. Oh, it's beautiful, but wait a minute, isn't this? Yeah, yeah, it is. But I thought the old lady dropped it into the ocean in the end. Well, baby, I went down and got it for you. Aw, you shouldn't have. And uh, question number 10, John Williams has won five Oscars. I just want you to name three of the films that he's won the Oscar for, for uh, original score. <laughs> All right. <so laughs> That's how I feel, too. We are going to <laughs> mute Sam here so we can discuss, and then we will get you back in a minute. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. Number seven is definitely Sally Field. Mm-hmm. I think it may be the host with the most is uh, Johnny Carson, but I'm not sure. Most for an actress, I'm pretty sure is Streep. Yeah, I was going to say, if it's not Streep, then it's a... I'm not sure for most for an actor. I wrote Jack Nicholson yeah. as, a, as a whim, but it might be Daniel Day-Lewis. It might be an older 
person. Yeah, they'd have the longevity. Do you want to go with uh, DDL? Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> How many films has DDL been in? Not a ton, but every time he's in one, he's nominated. Yeah, fair enough. And he's won a few. Three out of five for John Williams. So Schindler's List, was that Williams? Mm-hmm. That's one. Um, Amistad? Did that did it win for Amistad? I don't know. I just know he did Amistad. Uh, Amistad's a good guess. That was really, that was really great music. Jaws, Jaws is a potential. Um, Any of the Star Wars? No, right? No, he didn't win for Jurassic Park, did he? Ooh, Jurassic Park. I would give it to him. Let's go Jurassic Park and Jaws. Oh, uh, okay. Schindler's List. I'm almost positive is a that that one's a yep. swish. Yep. <laughs> I mean, he's just so good in that. I don't remember. I don't remember this about the drama teacher. Okay. What, well, so, do you know the movie reference? Let's would, go with. Um, let's so let's just name a award-winning actor for sure. Yeah, and that's why I was saying you, you got Hanks, you got Pacino, you got. I thought it would have been Hanks. It doesn't sound like Hanks. Let's go. Uh, Kevin Bacon. Pacino. Let's go Pacino. I remember Jack Palance being pretty old when he accepted his. He was in like his late 70s, early 80s. I'm fine with that. Okay. Uh, Looks like everyone is in. Uh, All right. We're going to start with number one. I was looking for the person who is the oldest Oscar winner. Uh, Let's start with Sam. Who did you say that could be? Yeah. uh, Shot in the dark here. I said Alec Guinness. Okay. And uh, yeah, we didn't know this one too well either. And uh, Jeff mentioned Jack Palance. So we're guessing Jack Palance. Jack Palance is a great guess. Um, he did win for City Slickers, went up there, did a one-armed push-up, showed that uh, what he could do uh, for how old he was. Uh, but unfortunately, he had to be taken off the stage and replaced with Christopher Plummer, who won at age 82 for oh, Beginners. Wow. Beginners. Oh, that's a good movie. I haven't seen that in a couple of years. All right, number two, uh, the youngest Oscar winner. Let's start with Team Triviality on that one. Um, we're not sure if he won, but we just went with uh, Haley Joel Osmond. All right, and Sam? Uh, that guess is way better than mine. Um, I was going to write Jake Lloyd. No, that's uh, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, young, young Anakin Skywalker. It's working. It's working. <laughs> I actually went with uh, another Star Wars when they were thinking she may have done something back in her uh, professional days. I wrote mm. Natalie Portman. Okay. Um, this one is always good to have in the back of your head for trivia. It is Tatum O'Neill. She oh. won for Paper Moon at age 10. Mm. That's a good movie, too. Portman didn't win for professional. For Leon. Mm-hmm. That movie's so no. good. No, she just won for Black Swan. Uh, okay. Uh, number three. She didn't win for Your Highness. Really? That's surprising. <laughs> 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 number three. I was looking for the most Oscar nominations for a living person. Uh, let's go with Team Triviality. Um, even though you mentioned John Williams later in the uh, later in the the uh, round here, we still thought that the most living was John Williams. Okay, and Sam? Yeah, I was on the same vein there thinking somebody who's made uh, or had a lot to do with a lot of quality movies. Um, and uh, I went with John Williams' counterpart, Steven Spielberg. Okay, um, so Walt Disney had a total of 59 nominations, but he's not alive anymore. But the person with the most living has 50 currently and may get 52 by the end of the year. It is John Williams. Oh. Uh. Good pull, fellas. We got one. <laughs> so that's going to be five points of triviality. I kind of figured it wasn't Spielberg because Neil always goes on about how Spielberg gets stiffed all the time for, for <laughs> noms and wins. So, 
He's got a lot of noms, though. He does. He does. A lot of noms. Not as many wins as he should have. Right place, right time. (laughs) (laughs) Just for the last 50 years. And the Oscar goes to... Just wanted to step in here really quick and let you guys know that John Williams actually just broke his own record by getting his 51st Oscar nomination for Star Wars The Last Jedi for the Oscars airing on March 4th, 2018. And uh, for anyone that is curious, his first Oscar nomination in his career was for Valley of the Dolls in 1968. So currently, John Williams has 51 nominations. Just wanted to update you in case you get this question at trivia. Uh, All right, number four. Um, Looking for the most nominations for a living actress. Uh, We went with Meryl Streep on this one. Okay, Sam? Yeah, I had no idea. That was the one that took me the longest to write down. So at the last minute, I just wrote in Julia Roberts. Mm. Okay, Uh, well, the answer is Meryl Streep. Of course it is. (laughs) (laughs) She's very good. Uh, So number five, um, I was looking for the most nominations for a living actor. Sam, what do you have? I was thinking somebody who's been in a lot of stuff, you know, but also a lot of quality stuff, which would rule out Samuel L. Jackson because I think <laughs> he, he's been in more movies than anybody, but most of them are, you know, manure. I wrote uh, Peter Sellers. He's been mm. around for a while, right, and was in a lot of stuff. So, All right, Peter Sellers, and let's go to Team Triviality. Is he six feet under? Uh, yes, he yeah. is, yeah. I went with uh, a man who might drink your milkshake, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Uh, Daniel, Daniel Day-Lewis is a good guess, uh, nominated five times, won three, so he's got a great percentage there. Not a, not a ton. <laughs> uh, but uh, the answer is someone who actually was in the film, two films with Meryl Streep, Heartburn and Iron Weed, and that's Jack Nicholson. Oh, wow. we had written down Jack. Yeah, that was my first guess. He might drink your milkshake, too. Just <laughs> He probably would. <laughs> not, not having to reference anything, yeah. he just drink it. Without breaking eye contact. Drinking your milkshake. <laughs> All right, and the next one, uh, I was just looking for who hosted the Oscars the most times. I gave you a little clue that it was not Billy Crystal. So who hosted them the most? Uh, let's go with Sam. So uh, I didn't actually write anything mm-hmm. on this one. All right, triviality. We figured this would have had to been before our time, and uh, we went with the host with the most, Johnny Carson. Okay, it was uh, you had the right logic there, uh, but 18 times is uh, quite a lot, and I was just hoping you'd get the answer. It's Bob Hope. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, Bob Hope. All right. Uh, next question. Uh, I was just looking for the actress who is often misquoted when she accepted her award. Uh, and she actually said, I can't deny the fact that you like me right now. You like me. So uh, let's go to Team Triviality. What actress is that? Uh, this one we were sure was Sally Field. Okay. And Sam? I also wrote Sally Field. Okay. So uh, everyone always misquotes it as, you like me. You really, really like me. It is Sally Field. Awesome. All right. Uh, the next question uh, was something I had just learned the other day and I thought was really interesting. Uh, I was looking for the two-time Best Actor Oscar winner who accidentally outed his high school drama teacher during his acceptance speech. And let's go to Sam. Yeah, for this one, two-time Best Actor Oscar winner. I wrote Daniel Day-Lewis on this one. So, Okay. And Triviality? Yeah, we really weren't sure on this one. Um, so we ended up picking an actor who we thought, A, had the wins, B, kind of is known to fly off the handle from time to time, and C, you know, had something to, to do with uh, movies of that subject matter, and we went with Al Pacino. Okay. Uh, well, the actor accidentally outed his high school drama teacher uh, because he was talking about 
learning about the stories of people with HIV, and uh, that would be Tom Hanks for Philadelphia. Oh, okay. Uh, who well, said Tom Hanks? You did. I said Tom Hanks. And I didn't think he would do it. Mm. Uh, the next one was just a fun one. I, I was uh, listening to this song the other day, and, and I could not believe that this was in a mainstream popular song. And uh, Anyway, um, so I'm basically just looking for the song or the artist that referenced Titanic and that uh, horrible piece of dialogue there uh, where the artist was given a piece of jewelry. So let's go with um, Team Triviality. It's Britney B- uh, I believe the song is Oops, I Did It Again. Yeah. All right, Sam? Yeah, you said 2000, you said her, and you said second album, I wrote Britney Spears. Yeah. You got all the clues. It is Oops, I Did It Again by Britney Spears. So uh, we're going to play it right now. Britney, before you go, there's something I want you to have. Oh, it's beautiful. But wait a minute, isn't this? Yeah, yes it is. But I thought the old lady dropped it into the ocean in the air. Well, baby, I went down and got it for you. Oh, you shouldn't have. Yep, it's pretty bad. Okay. <laughs> is, is that the video with the uh, red suit? Yes. Red suit and where she's like on Mars. The iconic red suit. So the Martian she's... takes his helmet off in an atmosphere that he can't breathe in and gives her a jewelry box. The things we do for love. Things You're, you're correct. <laughs> things people do for Britney Spears, apparently. <laughs> All right. And the last question. Um I just wanted to know uh, three of the five films that John Williams won an Oscar for. So let's start with Sam. I wrote down Schindler's List. I'm pretty sure he won for Schindler's List. Uh, E.T. was another one I locked in with. And then I crossed it out and rewrote it, uh, thinking it may not have won because it was only basically two notes. But I locked in my third one as Jaws. All right. And Team Triviality. Yeah, we actually had two of those and uh, one of our own. So we went with Schindler's List, which we're pretty sure about. And then the other two were... Jaws and Jurassic Park. Okay, so uh, here are the list of what he won for. So one of them is uh, for original score and and uh, song for Fiddler on the Roof, but the main four are Jaws, Schindler's List, E.T., and the original Star Wars. Oh. So uh, Sam is going to get ten points on that one. Nice, appreciate it. All right, so uh, coming out of the swing round, Sam got 30 points to add to his score, and Team Triviality got 20 points. All right, so after the swing round, uh, Sam's score goes up to 50, and Team Triviality is up to 100. So he's only halfway there, and he still has his specialized round coming up, so there's still a chance for Sam to make up some ground. All right, we're going to go to round three, which is geography, science, and a little bit of history with Jeff. Number one, he was mentioned earlier. What Ron Howard film would be avoided at all costs if someone suffered from Triskaidekaphobia? I'm in. Uh, yeah, I'm locked in. All right, so Jeff uh, got in pretty quick. What do you got there, Jeff? I don't really feel like this is a science question. This is a film question, Neil. Um, Apollo 13. <laughs> okay, and Sam? Uh, yeah, I also wrote Apollo 13. It is Apollo 13. Jeff, tell them what the fear of Friday the 13th is. That would be Friska Triskaidekaphobia. <laughs> Ooh. Friska Triskaidekaphobia. Okay. Did you know that I would know that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I assumed you would. Yeah. yeah I, I know it, so I yeah. figured you yeah. <laughs> That's great. All right. Uh, moving on to question two. First issued in Great Britain in 1840, what color were the world's first postage stamps? I'm not much of, of a numismatist, so. All right. I'm going to lock in. Uh, I'm going to lock in. All right, let's start with Jeff. So I'm sure it had some affiliation with the crown, as a lot of those things do in Great Britain. Um, 
I kind of figured they wouldn't use blue. That's a pretty royal color, but I don't think they would necessarily give that away. Um, that, and for a long time, blue has had kind of expensive historical connotations. Um, I know that a lot of other places have used it to seal different things. Uh, I went red. All right. Jeff is in with red. And Sam, what do you have? I also was thinking uh, about current postmarks being red and uh, some, some stamps I remember seeing. My brother used to collect some stamps. I remember a lot of the British ones having shades of red on there. I also said red. Okay, so both teams go with red. Uh, it was actually called the Penny Black, so the answer is black. Mm-hmm. It was the world's first adhesive postage stamp and featured a profile of Queen Victoria. All right, moving on to question three. Sagaponic, Amagansett, and Quag are all villages in what well-known area in Long Island, New York? Apologies to anyone who knows those places, and I said them wrong. I'm in. Okay, uh, I'm in, I guess. Okay, uh, let's go with you first. I don't know much about the old NYC area there. Uh, I just said Soho. Okay, and Jeff? Uh, I said the Hamptons. They are all villages in the Hamptons. Ah, Jeff would know. (laughs) I mean... There's no point in having a schooner like mine if you can't sail out that way every once in a while. (laughs) Uh, All right. So it looks like uh, Jeff uh, took a little lead here in this round. Uh, On to question four. If you take the names of the two major tributaries of the Nile River, you would have the colors to make what Nordic flag? Oh, I am in. (laughs) Jeff's excited about that. I have never been more excited about a flag slash river question in my entire life. Jeff's uh, Jeff's two great loves in his life, vexillology and geography. Yeah, I'm a little light on the vexillology these days. I tried to do some tiny cards before coming on to... I know you guys love those flags. Yeah. So. Well, just me. And I'm trying to make everybody else love them too. There's a lot to this question. My answer is Iceland. <laughs> okay, Sam is in with Iceland. And I'll let Jeff uh, explain his answer. So I, I think Iceland is a three-colored flag, blue, red, and white. Um, two of those colors... Uh, white Nile and the Blue Nile are its two main tributaries. Um, and so the white and blue Nordic flag would be Finland. Finland is the correct answer. Wow. So it is a, uh, is it a, a blue background with a white cross? No, it's or, a white background with a blue cross. Okay, see, I knew you would correct me there. I just knew <laughs> they were blue and white, so. <clears throat> well, actually. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, number five to end this round, uh, mercifully, hopefully. Maybe at uh, Geek Bowl we'll equip uh, Jeff with a name tag that just says, well, actually. <laughs> I just imagine some sort of skit where he like bursts into people's doorways and their rooms and their yeah. office places and, and interrupts them and says, well, actually. That's... I'm kind of miserable to work with because my coworkers say asinine things and I'm like, well, actually. Yeah, you're like an annoying Kool-Aid man who bursts through the wall. <laughs> you're yeah. like Oscar from the office. Yeah, well, I'm large and red all the time, so a large Kool-Aid man is a very accurate depiction. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, and the, the final question here of this round, round three. What is the term in astronomy for the condition when three celestial bodies are arranged in a straight line? Ooh. Some quiet in the studio here for this one. I'm just thinking back to 2012 when this happened, I think, and that's when we were all going to... When John Cusack was driving a limo and yeah. trying to save people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Flying an airplane <laughs> through a city that was falling uh. apart. The memories. <laughs> All right. What uh, What are you guys thinking? No, I, I'm, I'm in with what I, a phenomenon that, that works for this, but I'm not sure if it's the correct answer. Okay. So yeah, Jeff is in. I, I'm not going to get any closer to it, so I'm just going to go ahead and uh, lock in with the wrong answer. 
Okay, so let's go with Jeff first. Um, so I said Eclipse because you need three bodies to have an Eclipse. Okay, and Sam? Yeah, I wrote Eclipse too just because I couldn't think of a better answer for celestial bodies aligning themselves. So so the answer I have in front of me is Syzygy, and I believe, uh, Jeff, you said a Syzygy, an, an Eclipse is an example of a Syzygy? Yes. So. Okay, so that means at the end of round three, Sam is going to pick up 20 points for a total of 70, and Team Triviality is going to pick up 40 points for a total of 140 going into round four. Yeah, yeah you can award points or not. I mean, That's it's fine. not technically correct, but it is an example of that phenomena. So, I will take the points. <laughs> All right. So, well, to be fair, this might be the best game we've ever played as a team. Yes. Yes. And it's time for Sam to inflict a little payback. Yeah. Uh, so Sam emailed me and and said that he wanted to do a round. Uh, he actually gave me a few different things. He gave me Golden Girls, uh, the '90s, and uh, alter- non-radio alternative music. Um, so I went with the 90s because he said he wanted to call out Matt and he wanted to, to go head to head with someone. Uh, I'm getting called out a lot these days. <clears throat> All right. Uh, so the first question of round four, the 90s. In the last episode of Boy Meets World, Mr. Feeney refers to Corey as Mr. Matthews, as he always has. Corey says, you think we've known each other long enough for you to call me Corey? Where Mr. Feeney replies, I think we've known each other long enough for me to call you blank. What is Corey's full first name? Boy meets world question that Matt is taking pause on. <laughs> Wait, his full first name you said? Yeah, what is Corey's actual first name? You know, everyone's favorite spice, Coriander. <laughs> Coriander and Matt? Yeah. Yeah. Um so I was thinking like his dad's name was Alan and there's something else. I mean, it'd be I don't know what it would be short for, but all I could think of was Cornelius. So I said Cornelius. Okay. If if you knew me personally, you know that I played Cornelius in Hello Dolly. It is Cornelius. Wow. Cornelius. <laughs> not that anyone nice. would know that, but I'm just throwing that out there. I did not know that. Okay. Uh, all right. Moving on to number two. What toy fad of the 90s is a portmanteau for the Japanese word for egg and the English word watch? Locked in. Me is, too. Is this show just your personal trivia now or... <laughs> Stuff I like by Neil. <laughs> this is this is uh, these questions are what happen when you you're up till three uh-huh. with no time because your your work was threatened with uh, someone getting shot the other day. So a lot of stuff to deal with. I'm not going to go into it, but Oof. anyway, yeah. um, it's like the movie Airheads. Right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, let's start with Sam on that one. Yeah, I believe that is the Tamagotchi. Mm-hmm. All right, and Matt. Yeah, I was always more of a Gigapet person, but I said Tamagotchi. It is Tamagotchi. I have one, but he's sleeping right now, so I can't. <laughs> it's difficult to get your hands on one these days. Yeah. Mine's been alive for 21 years. He's... All right. Uh, this is a fact that I just learned. I thought was awesome, and I thought it was very fitting for the 90s. Windows 95 was the first Microsoft operating system to ship with integrated video playback. Proud of this achievement, it came with two music videos for new owners to enjoy. Name one of them. Five bonus points if you name both. I'm only going to get one of them, and I'm locked in. Okay. All right. Well, I'm just locked in then with uh, Gloria Stefan the Samba. Okay. Gloria Stefan the Samba and Sam? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Weezer and uh, it being 95, their 94 album was Blue. 94, I believe, or 90. I'm going to get the year off on that. So I picked a song from the Blue album that was the most popular. I went with Weezer, Buddy Holly. 
All right. Well, Sam's going to get 10 points. Oh. It is Weezer, uh, Buddy Holly, and the other one was Good Times by Edie Brickell. Oh. Those were the two You're videos right. they gave you. Well, then I had a really weird CD that had this Gloria Stefan. Uh, yeah, Matt's Gloria Stefan album uh, came from overseas. Yeah. Uh, it was not a legitimate Windows 95. Yes. Or your Gloria Stefan CD came with an operating system. <laughs> she, she is uh, pretty prolific, so yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, all right. She was just awarded the Kennedy Award. She was uh, for actually creating a p- computer program. So good for her. <laughs> true. It's not true. And her and uh, LL Cool J get one this year, I believe, right? Ladies love them. So does the government. That's right. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> all right. Number four. It was Arnold Palmer's final round at the U.S. Open. In Chicago and Dallas, the World Cup would have been played for the first time on American soil. The New York Rangers had a parade celebrating their first Stanley Cup in 54 years, and the Knicks were in the NBA Finals. However, as one entertainment lawyer put it, June 17, 1994, was the day that Los Angeles stopped. What is he referring to? No, it's two. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's oh, crazy. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. The kid. What's hilarious? I want to know things. <laughs> <laughs> Very serendipitous. Yes. I'm locked in anyway. Where was that? Was that on his end? No, I think that was outside. Oh, yeah. Now I get jokes. Yeah, I didn't get the jokes, but now my answer makes sense. So, uh, 94, I'm thinking that had to do uh, O.J. Simpson car chase there, maybe. Okay, and Matt? Uh, There's actually a story that um, O.J. slowed down and and drove as slow as he did because he was listening to Game 6 of the NBA Finals on the radio, and that's why it took so long. Uh, So I said O.J. car chase. Yeah, it is the O.J. Simpson chase. Um, I was doing some research about it, and it was just crazy that all of these other sporting events, uh, pretty epic ones, were happening, yeah. and everyone was focused on the, the chase. They stopped there's, there's game an, six of the finals yeah. to watch the chase. There's an amazing 30 for 30 by ESPN uh, called June, was it June 17th? Yeah, 1994. Yeah. And, it, and it, it, like goes, it cuts back and forth, intersplicing all the events that are going on, and it's crazy, like yeah. all that's, that's happening. And for the listeners out there, as soon as I asked the question, Ken was thinking about the answer and a, a loud police siren passed the apartment <laughs> I, I think it'll be on the recording i think yeah. it was loud enough that it made the recording yeah if it's there hopefully well yeah we'll, we'll, we'll be able we'll to hear cut it one in too. yeah we'll cut one in if it's not loud enough all right uh, and the last question of sam's round if you were sucked into this film from the 90s you might have dropped some coinage at noah's arcade eaten some donuts and maybe even seen crucial taunt performing some sweet covers yeah that's that's a piece of cake man locked in okay what was the name of the band? Crucial Taunt. Crucial Taunt. Yeah. Uh, I'm locked in. All right, let's go with Team Triviality. Uh, Wayne's World. And Sam? And her name was Cassandra. Yeah, I went Wayne's World. <laughs> it is Wayne's World. That is correct. Right. There were no blank check questions. I'm out. <laughs> oh, I, could, I could have written a whole game on blank check. <laughs> whether Dunstan checked in or not. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Philosophical discussion on whether Dunstan checks in. <laughs> <laughs> Does does an ape have the the aptitude to actually consent to a checking in? Yes. Or 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 can our laws extend enough to allow him to check in <laughs> as a person? Um, let's proceed. Yeah. Too bad this final round is all about ape movies. Uh, all right. So um, going into the final round, uh, Sam has one hundred points and is only eighty behind uh, Triviality, who has one eighty. So Sam definitely has a chance here in the final round to to make up. 
as with our normal games, you can wager zero to 30 on any of the categories that I'm going to list. However, the advantage is in Sam's favor today. I'm going to list 10 final round categories. Sam gets to pick which ones he feels most comfortable with. All right, here they are. First category, emo money mo problems. Number two, ice cold. Number three, sliding into actors DMs. And DM is initials. Number four, faces for radio. Number five, young adult lit. And that is not lit in the sense of partying. It is literature. (laughs) We need the clarification. Just just in case. Uh, Number six, a scientific name. Number seven, iconic statues. Number eight, fast food Easter eggs. Number nine, running backwards. And number 10, comic book party hopper. All right. Uh, so Sam has chosen uh, the five categories, emo, money, mo problems, sliding into actors, DMs, faces for radio, fast food, Easter eggs, and comic book party hopper. All right. All the wagers are in. It's going to be an exciting uh, final round here. So uh, question one was in the category of emo, money, mo problems. Forget Astoria, more like So Long Civilian Life for bass player Mike Davenport. He was indicted for being the mastermind of a $27 million telemarketing scam and won't be spending any more time in this pop-punk band from Indiana, not founded by Nolan Bushnell. All right, number two is in the category Sliding Into Actors DMs. Mistaken for each other for most of their careers, these two actors with the initials DM share the screen for the first time together on Fox's new TV show, L.A. to Vegas. You know, the one that has DM as a lead character. So you have to name the lead character? Uh, No, both actors. And then here's your uh, hint that goes with it. Better practice memorizing their names before picking one to be your wedding date. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, number three. Faces for radio. The four members of KISS have always been known for their unique makeup designs and characters. The four original makeup designs have been registered with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. What are the names of those characters that Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, Peter Chris, and Ace freely inhabited? The next question is going to be in fast food Easter eggs. In-N-Out Burger is a beloved West Coast burger chain that stealthily displays what type of hidden message on their packaging. And your final question is in the category of comic book party hopper. I met this guy who's a serial party hopper. He can never stay at just one party and always ends up being an inconvenience. The other night, he told me he ate shawarma at Stark Tower, drank way too many martinis at the Batcave, and then drunkenly wandered into the Baxter building at 3 a.m. Whose couch did my friend pass out on in the Baxter building? For the last question, just to clarify, um, the previous uh, clues were... were, uh, HQs of different uh, comic book characters. So I'm just looking for who inhabits the Baxter building in the comic book world. Okay. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Wheel of urine! 
Cat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. So, number one, Salon Astoria is uh, an Atari's album, isn't it? Yeah, and that guy got in trouble. Okay, so the Ataris, we're okay. good there. Second one, one of the actors is Dylan McDermott. And then uh, something Melroney. Dylan uh, Dylan McDermott and uh, Dermot Melroney. Yes, that sounds right. Dermot Mulroney. Mm-hmm. I always thought Ace Freely was the person <laughs> for Ace. <laughs> Could be Ace Man. It's like Space Space Man might be Space one. Man might be one, but or we got to get all Star Boy. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's funny. You should say Star Boy. Yeah, I'm Star Boy. <clears throat> That's right. All right, uh, we're not going to get that one. Um, no. First category uh, was emo money mo problems, and both teams went real big, thirty points each. Uh, so I was looking for uh, what band uh, was bass player Mike Davenport involved with uh, before he was indicted for a telemarketing scam. Let's go with Sam. Yeah, I got it from the uh, the so long clue that you put in there. It's a crazy story, and I was not aware of that. Yeah. Uh, I went with the Ataris on that one. Okay, and Matt? Uh, we also went with the Ataris. It is the Ataris, and Nolan Bushnell is the creator of the Atari, so that was your other clue. Oh. Awesome. Figured that. That's excellent. All right, uh, the next one was uh, uh, sliding into actors' DMs. I was basically looking for the names of the two actors who are constantly uh, mistaken for each other and have the initials DM. So let's go with Team Triviality on that one. Team Triviality wagered 30, and Sam wagered 10. Ken, why don't you say the name so I don't screw him up? (laughs) Dylan McDermott and Dermot Mulroney. Okay, and Sam. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't know they were on a show together, but I was constantly saying the wrong name for the person. I also wrote Dylan and McDermott and Dermot Mulroney. All right, you are both correct. Both going to get points on that one. Dermot Mulroney and Dylan McDermott. Okay, the third question was in faces for radio. Uh, all I really wanted to know was uh, what are the personas, the four personas of the original Kiss members that are registered with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. Uh, let's go with. Sam on that one. Oh, yeah, I was struggling on this one a little bit. Um, I can I know what the the paint looks like, and I know they have names, but I was not getting what the names are. So I went with Cat. Uh, I think there's something. It's like Star or Starboy, the one that has lightning. I didn't know if it was like lightning literal or Flash or Thor, but I wrote Thor. So Cat, Star, Thor, and uh, Royce Drabwin was my fourth answer. No. <laughs> How do you know about Royce Drabwin? You have an IMDb page. It's very, uh, very uh, enlightening. <laughs> oh, boy. He well, got him. He got him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, award-winning director Neil I, I changed that recently to the image of Neil in my phone so did All you right. oh. every uh, let's let's throw up the link uh, so yeah just just type into YouTube uh, just the tips with Royce Drabwin <laughs> R-O-Y-C-E-D-R-A-B-W-I-N it's uh, pretty weird if you like Tim and Eric you'll like it if you don't like it you're probably gonna hate it so <laughs> Neil in his uh, hallmark acting role couldn't sleep after the whole rubbing suntan lotion on your knees <laughs> <laughs> 
those are fun to make. Uh, yeah, I just shoot for like a couple hours and t- do a shot of tequila and just kind of black out. The truth is out there, people. <laughs> truth is out there. Right. Um, well, and team triviality, uh, you yeah, let's uh, get to our wrong answers. Yeah, what's your what's your answer there? Uh, we had a uh, cat man. I think he needs some kind of cat. Okay. Uh, Spaceman, some someone from space. Uh, Lover boy. I thought there was one with a heart, but he might be wrong. And then uh, the demon was the Gene Simmons character. The answers are Peter Chris was the cat man. Ace Freely was Spaceman or Space Ace. No way. Gene Simmons was the demon. No way. And Paul Stanley was the star child. Oh, oh okay. No. <laughs> I was real clinched so up. Really? No way. Both the, everyone was making jokes about Starboy. I thought you were going to get there, but. No, yeah. Like, I thought. Yeah. Space Ace was the they one were that both I was in like... my head, but I thought, I thought it was the same one. Yeah. Um, all right. The fourth category was fast food Easter eggs. Team, team Triviality wagered 30, went big again. And Sam also went pretty big and went with 20. So uh, let's go with uh, Team Triviality. I was looking for what hidden messages In-N-Out Burger puts on their packaging. Um, we we had no idea. Um, we just put eat beef, which is like the opposite of Chick-fil-A, I guess. So. All right. Eat beef. Uh, not where's the beef, like Wendy's, but eat beef. And uh, Sam, what did you put? I was thinking kind of along the same lines as maybe like the Forever 21 bags, and I wrote scriptures. All right. Well, uh, just like Forever 21, there are Bible verses on oh, their packaging. <laughs> Matt had said it. I, you know, we didn't know. I should have just wrote it down. I was like, are they, are they possibly religious? We're like, no. <laughs> no uh, way. All right. And the final question here is in Comic Book Party Hopper. Team Triviality uh, wagered 30 again, so they went all in uh, the Pain Don't Hurt style for the whole game, and uh, Sam went with 20. So the last question, I just wanted to know whose headquarters are in the Baxter building in the comic book world. Let's start with Triviality. Um, The only Baxter I can think of was uh, Baxter Stockman from Ninja Turtles, so we went with Baxter Stockman. Okay, and uh, Sam. Yeah, I, I had a little bit of trouble on this one, mostly because of that Batman poster that I keep been looking at this whole game. <laughs> so I couldn't get my couldn't get my head around it. Uh, I went through a lot of different people who I know have headquarters, and it didn't think it was a good guy necessarily. Thought it may have been a rich guy, so I actually went with Wilson Fisk mm. or the Kingpin. Okay, uh, Wilson Wilson Fisk, uh, good guess. Uh, well, no one's going to get points on this one, unfortunately. The Baxter Building is where the Fantastic Four Hangout. Oh. Fantastic Four. Gotcha. All right. We just did some calculations, and that was a very close ending here. Sam uh, could have overcome Team Triviality, but he was so close. Uh, in second place with 130 points is Sam. Ah. And in first place is Team Triviality with a narrow 150. So 150 oh, to 130. Team Triviality is today's Kareem of the crop. Why continue? Just let me pass. You have forgotten that I, too... I'm not afraid of death. Just wanted to chime in here. We actually had something happen that has never happened before. After editing the episode, we realized that there was a discrepancy in the calculations of the score. Sam actually was tied with us uh, at Team Triviality after the final round, 150 to 150. So the game actually ended in a tie. Now, since the game is over and uh, it's past the recording date, what we're going to do is invite Sam back to a game of death, and we will do a rematch to find out who truly is the Kareem of the crop. So thank you to Sam for playing a wonderful game, 
And sorry to uh, listeners for the discrepancy, but uh, we are going to have Sam back and we will do an official rematch up in the Pagoda. Thank you. Good job, guys. That was a close call, man. <laughs> yeah. And when you, when you guys were getting those questions wrong and I could see you refresher, I was like, oh, this is going to be really close. <laughs> well, I don't know what possessed us to go for 30 in each. That We never do that. We, we were doing well, so we thought I, we'd let it ride. Yeah, I said it would be fun. That's true. And that it was. was the end of the story. It was. At the end, it was fun. Yeah, I'm sweating. I think that should be a requirement for the game of death. It's all or nothing. So <laughs> That's pretty good. That, that might not be a bad amendment. <laughs> okay, so uh, thank you to Sam for uh, coming in into the pagoda and uh facing us we hope you had a good time absolutely yeah it was a really good time uh love to be back for any kind of type of show you guys do yeah of course Appreciate yeah it. no we'd love to have you uh and we'll be in touch we'll have to have you on another episode uh if you guys would like to uh check us out you can go on facebook or twitter at triviality pod uh, all of our information is at trivialitypodcast.com and if you want to join sam as a patreon supporter and record one of our rules breakdowns you can go to patreon.com slash triviality podcast uh, for Jeff, Ken, and Matt, my name is Neil, and that was Triviality. My straw reaches across the room and starts to drink your milkshake. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up! <laughs>